Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Mike Ward, who is CIO at Anderson Healthcare, located in Maryville, Illinois. Many of the listeners will recognize Mike's name from his multiple Muse presentation offerings and his valuable responses to posts in the Muse forums. Today, Mike and I will discuss what he and the team at Anderson are doing to remain diligent in planning and preparation for potential downtime situations. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit more about your facility and the IT team there. Sure. Um, Anderson Healthcare is located, as you've said, in Maryville, Illinois. It's about uh, 15 miles outside of St. Louis on the Illinois side of the river. We have three different hospitals. We have the uh, Anderson main uh, campus, which has uh, 150 beds. We have a critical access hospital in Staunton, Illinois, and we have a rehab hospital in Edwardsville, Illinois. In total, we've got about... uh, 1,500 employees. We've been on Meditech Expanse since November of 2019. Before that, we were on client server for about 20 years. So a longtime Meditech customer uh, yeah. migrated from th- four different EMR systems to Meditech Expanse all in a big bang in, on November 1st of 2019. Yeah, from the department standpoint, there's about 30 of us in the department, about equally divided between your, uh, your analyst and your tech side. Mm-hmm. And um, we're in the throes of uh, migrating to, um, to 2.2, <laughs> and uh, we expect to do that in December 10th of this year. Okay. A lot of work to do on the WPL side, and uh, that's keeping us busy. And, but also, as you would expect, all the, um, the cyber threats that are out there keep us uh, uh, busy in that environment as well. Very cool. So it sounds like you're running uh, Meditech in your ambulatory space, ED, and everything now that you've done the consolidation, correct? Yeah, actually, um, we are pretty pervasive with Meditech throughout all of the different departments, the ambulatory, the acute side. We um, have, are actually using Meditech uh, Expanse at the rehab hospital. It's a little bit of work to make that fit, but I believe you know we, we really like the, the, the one record <laughs> strategy. And by dividing it up amongst other products, we're just not happy about that. So we've uh, worked really hard to try to make it fit and seems to be working okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So I I mentioned earlier that you're always good about chiming in on the Muse forum and and on posts there. And and a topic that's been kind of hot lately, uh, downtimes and downtime readiness and what you do in the situations of downtimes. You've been really nice to share your knowledge and, and some documents and all kinds of stuff throughout the forum on that. So I wanted to have you on the podcast so that you could share that knowledge with the Muse community kind of more at large. So talk to us just in general about what your approach is for being downtime ready at your organization and how you make sure that's an important thing that you keep at the forefront in your organization. Sure. Like most organizations, we have a regular downtime window. We do that monthly in the evenings. Uh, 1 a.m. is our target. We're usually down for a couple of hours. We find that most of the downtime that the uh, the nursing staff, clinical staff will hold their documentation once the system comes back up, they go through and they enter their patient information. So we find that downtime that's planned 
is something that goes over pretty well here at the organization. But what any of the unplanned downtime doesn't. And so monthly downtimes, we don't need really backup systems or systems in the cloud for those regularly scheduled downtimes. (laughs) But it's all that unplanned downtime, whether it's from a physical hardware issue or cyber attack, that's where a lot of our effort is put. We've been fortunate that we have not had any type of known cyber intrusion into our systems, but we've had several people around us that were, and we've learned a great deal from that. So Anderson experienced a outage back in July of last year where we were down for 18 hours. It's one of our longer outages. We had just come back from a downtime and we lost a hard drive on one of our servers and we inadvertently attached the wrong hard drive and it started to propagate data incorrectly throughout the system. Meditech was phenomenal in helping us through all that as as well as one of our third-party vendors that uh, we contract with to provide us support. And uh, within 18 hours, we were up. But we learned a lot from that and uh, especially around the downtime procedures of orders and, and getting the providers to be comfortable with that. To, we mm-hmm. found that they, they just weren't. Fast forward a couple of months and a hospital system next to us had a ransomware attack and they were down for several weeks with their Epic system. And we had nurses that would work that, that were working there. Mm-hmm. And we learned firsthand the chaos that comes from all of that. Usually when you hear about a ransomware attack, you hear about a ransom was paid or that it was a particular threat group or a ransomware gang that did that. Uh, but that's the extent of it. You don't really hear about the inner workings of the health system or the hospital during the attack and the right. recovery from that. So what we heard was not very pleasant. There is just so many points of contention that we formed a downtime readiness committee and we are now reviewing every downtime process procedure with every other department. So each department will know what's expected of those departments, what information might be needed in order to perform safely the safe operations of the hospital. Once we complete all of that, our intention is to do a tabletop exercise where we review all this, we test all the the downtime processes, and lastly, our intention is to actually do a live test with someone that starts maybe in the ED or starts, that's admitted through the, uh, our front registration Uh and just follow these processes and the downtime paperwork. And does it work? Mm-hmm. And I think and once we do all this, I think we will have a very good understanding on how well we will recover from a cyber attack and maybe some of the steps that we need to take through, take to, to ensure that uh, we're, we're, we're doing that recovery well. Right. Once we're done with that process, our intention is then to go back again and speak to all of the financial aspects of it, where mm-hmm. from the revenue cycle side, how are we capturing the charges? How can mm-hmm. we can continue to bill or charge and, and still receive the, the funding uh, right. from the, uh, the payers? That 
is a, a pretty tall order. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that you have to do. But I think all of those things are critically important to help decrease what the cost is for your, your attack. Many people will probably agree that we feel like we're just waiting our turn. And fortunately, Anderson hasn't had any issues, but I think that's uh, naive to think that we won't ever have some type of uh, event here. Yeah. And I think the longer we can go and work through these downtime scenarios, these downtime processes, just only helps us with our recovery and our ability to safely treat patients as we work through the attack and right. the response to that. Yeah, I mean, as we're recording this right now, you, you probably know more about it than I do, but there's a, an Illinois Children's Hospital that last I checked has been down for 10 days. I mean, they took their systems offline because of a, a threat. And, um, you know, I don't know, are you aware if that's resolved yet or not? Or No, not, not aware of that. I know that the hospital that was a hospital system that's uh, next to us, they had to turn out all of their systems in which they lost their phones when they did that. Yeah, same, same with this hospital. And so we've been working through what, how do we fix that? This hospital system was, uh, had huge PR issues because you, they couldn't accept calls from the outside. And right. that's pretty significant. So it, it's how do we disconnect from the internet, but at the same time, maintain that connectivity for your phone system and we're, we're yeah. trying to work through that now. The other the simple things also, we had heard that patients didn't eat dinner or didn't eat lunch till 4 p.m. because nobody backed up the meal plants. And no, when we yeah. checked and we didn't even have our meal plants backed up, but well, we do now, but it's the detail like that so critically important to everybody else that have you thought about this? Right. How do we get to the point where we can share that, <laughs> where you don't have to worry about litigation or something that might be construed as an attack on your competition? And yeah, <laughs> that's not something I want to do. Right. But definitely would very much appreciate everything that we learned from that mm -hmm. and the steps that we're taking now. When we presented this to our physician group, they were very much interested in, in this process. One provider even suggested that this is, you know, just like what it was in the 1990s, 1980s of just mm -hmm. using paper. And it's pretty much, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to recreate. Right. We've moved so far into the digital world, mm -hmm. so far away from paper. In our 18-hour outage, we had nurses on our units that have never had to use paper before because it's always been at night that we do the downtimes. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to do a daytime downtime with the system, but the it's always been rejected because of the cost. Sure. Well, I think we made our point that we will eventually be able to do that now because there's so many issues with staff not knowing and feeling comfortable with uh, just the basics of paper and where to go and how that works, what your responsibilities are. And once you've documented it on paper, so there was a lot of lessons learned there. So I'm excited about the work that we're doing with this because I feel that, um, it's, we've missed the ball on that for a very long time. We have some systems that are in the cloud that will help us uh -huh. during an outage. Uh, -huh. uh we have a uh, Meditex product for, uh, for downtime. And then we have a third party product for, uh, to cover the areas that the Meditech product does not. Uh -huh. And we feel that those two products give us enough information to safely treat patients. Uh -huh. So we, while we feel good about that, it's what we don't feel 
as comfortable with and needing the um, a lot more work is the recovery side right. and the the daily operations that occur from a from not having your systems. Yeah, having the data in a time of downtime is is one thing, but knowing what to do with it and how to how to make things conti- continue to care for patients really is the is the end goal. That's that's different well, too. And, and even the cloud solutions, I mean, there's a scenario where that internet is inaccessible as well. I mean, you know, it's still digital. So, and to that point, we what we did was that our goal is to have laptops available in each clinical unit with a MiFi spot within four hours of a cyber attack where this date information can be accessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, during this other hospital that uh, system that had this uh, ransomware attack, we actually took all of our uh, MiFi spots to them so they would have connectivity. And uh, it was a great opportunity for competitors to work together. Yeah. I don't mind competing in uh, the marketplace, but um, when uh, you're being kicked to the ground like that in a ransomware attack, it's it's good to know that you know you can come together and help one another. Right. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we, we've talked, we've concentrated a little bit on ransomware, but you know, downtimes can come, like you said, like the downtime you guys had was from a hardware failure, or um, down where I live, the infrastructure is not so great. Um, you know, there's there's all these different kinds of of opportunities for the system to go down. And and what's interesting to me is if is if we were came up with a a way to handle this a kind of a standard you know best practice or or standard procedure I guess you know it, it would really kind of be vendor agnostic I mean it would work for an Epic system or a Meditech system or a you know you name your system if it's down what do we do and how do we take care of patients so I think this is a pretty interesting topic uh, one thing I want to point out that you mentioned that kind of gets left behind is the finance side of thing that's a great point of you know, not only are you potentially losing money because you're having to cancel patients and, and cancel surgeries and that sort of thing, but you may not be billing. And last I knew there was like only a handful of companies that will even take like a paper claim anymore. So that's a challenge all to itself. And what do those groups of people do when the systems are down? Right. Uh, many of the patient financial services, the revenue cycle teams, uh, they stop. Right. And, but so how can we redeploy those uh, assets? Can they be runners? Well, we'll need a slew of runners to take the paper documentation to and from the different clinical units or to the lab or to a pharmacy. So they can be redeployed to do, you know, help with that, that type of work. Right. But what happens when the system comes back up? How do we recover any of those dollars that uh, we incurred for the for the treatment of those patients is right. it possible what does it look like how do we backfill it um, and uh, i i think that will be a very interesting uh discussion once we get there right yeah and another area that kind of doesn't get talked about as much is again the patient care is the, the number one priority but the potential gaps in your quality reporting or your regulatory reporting and that sort of thing a few years from now when you look back and there's in this case of this children's hospital and there's a 10 or 12 day gap in data how do you f- remember what happened or how do you close that gap and how do you not get punished for potentially not reporting during that time and those sort of things we uh went back during that 18 hour period that we were down we went through every chart for every patient that was in house at that time and we put an entry in there that uh this when the system was down and when it back up is something to provide some clear Smart. indication that there was a uh, an event 
that may have caused a, uh, a change in the care delivery. Right. Yeah. That's, that's smart. smart. Yeah. I guess there's a point though, when it becomes, if you're down too long or, you know, patients have come and gone or, or, uh, you know, there's no way your staff would have time to do 10 days worth of <laughs> redocumentation. So. Well, you bring up a point that, uh, we also found out was the, uh, how do you keep track of the patient movement yeah. through the hospital during an outage? So we have been looking and, and with Google forms or Google docs or something in the Microsoft's arena with uh, the OneDrive, <laughs> and can we put a spreadsheet together? And then share that and make that available to all of the clinical units and something that's in real time where the changes can be made and you can see where the patient's at. So, I mean, there's some HIPAA issues, some privacy things that we need to, you know, work through. But the goal there is to have a shared spreadsheet that lists all the patients and their locations and any other pertinent information that needs to be known at a moment's notice. Yeah, I've, I've talked to other sites. The struggle kind of starts when the patient shows up in certain cases, because how do you, I mean, if there's no wristband or there's no patient demographic labels, and that's kind of the first thing that gets everything going, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? And, you know, obviously you can't have downtime labels for every potential patient that might walk in <laughs> or something like that. So it's, it's interesting to see what, uh, what sites are going to come up with when it comes to these downtime solutions. I was going to ask, uh, as far as your planned downtimes, have you guys done any kind of clustering of servers to like minimize the downtimes? Indeed. And prepared, you know, if there's not even a two hour downtime once a month, uh, really no one may be prepared when something actually does happen. So, um, yeah, we have not had the opportunity to have that fail over that redundancy that uh, Meditech has available something that we, we will hopefully get to in time, but it's just right now a little too cost prohibitive of us to have that much infrastructure. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely heavy on the infrastructure side and, and the resource side to set it up. But once it's up, it's, it's nice again, except for the, you know, maybe everybody gets too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So Mike, I want to talk to you a little bit about, I know you're attending the, uh, the Making It uh, community peer group. It's going to be in Citizens Memorial. Yeah which is in Bolivar, Missouri, and that's going to be on March 20th. So I, I know I saw the published agenda today. It looks like it's going to be lots of great topics from across the board, revenue cycle stuff, clinical stuff, nursing stuff, and then you're going to talk more about downtimes and how your, what your organization is doing to be prepared for those. So um, have you been to a community peer group before or presented it at one of these? No, this will be the first. Okay, great. I've been able to attend this one at, at Citizens. Citizens has hosted a few times, and uh, it's a really neat event. And um, not only do you get to uh, hear great things about what people are doing in Meditech, but a lot of it is kind of localized to issues that are affecting your state or, or neighboring states, which is usually pretty similar. So, so that's exciting. So I, I definitely encourage folks, listeners to attend that if you're in driving distance uh, to do that. So uh, I think it'd be a really nice event. Yeah, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. So Mike, I, I, as we wrap up here, I always like to end the podcast just asking if there's anything that you're enjoying right now, whether it's you're reading books or, or watching a YouTube channel or anything that might be uh, entertaining that you want to share with the group. So I'm reading the book, The Coming Wave, and it's an interesting book on AI and all of the great things it can do. And of course, all of the bad things that uh, AI could potentially right. uh, do to the human race. It was, they talk about transformation, about how the wheel transformed the human race, how <laughs> energy transformed the human race. And now how AI has that 
potential to do yeah. that. So it's, it's an interesting book, pretty intriguing, sometimes a little bit frightening, but, yeah. uh, well worth the read so far. Interesting. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for sure. We'll also link to the making event for those that might want to attend that and they can go out and check out the agenda. Mike, I really appreciate your time today. And I appreciate you sharing not only with me today, but over the years with all the different Muse presentations and, and chiming in and giving great content on the Muse forum. And I know, I know those others that are, have gained from your knowledge appreciate it as well. So, uh, keep up the good work and, uh, I hope you have a great making it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.